1: Hello everyone, welcome to Redmen Radio number 40.
2: 40, the big 4 oh. The big
1: 4 oh, something that we're both barreling headlong towards. Yeah man. Terrifying. I'm closer uh, than you. You are ever so slightly closer than I think you're catching me up though. Mm. Yeah, although, you know, you'll be 36 this year. I will only be thirty-five. Um, kick-off question comes from
2: Lee Carter. Lee Carter, alive. Need to put me in a good mood. I'm so ball. sorry.
1: Yes, I'm sorry. It was a defense. It was an auto defense. mechanism like, "Where's he going with this? Get the get the fist up." Um, Lee Carter. He didn't just
2: get the fist up though, did you? You threw a fucking jab. <laughs> If you just stop the the, ball, it's actually the best forward defence. Well, we
1: are Liverpool fans after all. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's like punching a shark on the nose. Um, Pretend you aren't Liverpool supporters for a second. It might take more than a second, but let's go with it anyway. What four teams do you think you would support in four different leagues if you were Spanish, Italian, French, and German? He says no Dortmund, Atletico, Barca, Madrid, Bayern, PSG, or Juventus, which feels a little arbitrary to me. Um, So we might ignore a couple of those things, Lee, but nevertheless. I now I haven't factored in that if I was Spanish, Italian, French, or German. No, but, if I, I'm but honest, if I was, it'd just be the city I was born in. Yes, exactly. Um However, I have teams, and not really, not in the way that people on Twitter who who hate you'd put it in your bio. No, exactly. People who love Liverpool so much that they get so angry about every decision, but also are are diehard fans of multiple clubs, which I don't think is possible. Um but, yeah I, yeah, I have teams that I like. Views. I have teams that, are, no, that's true. I have teams that I like, um, and as we've discussed already, a lot of these come from many years of playing championship and football manager. So, in La Liga, who would be your La Liga team or who is? My La Liga team would be Atletico
2: Madrid. Because a, a, a great network game of football <laughs> manager that we had ages ago, you were Valencia, and I was Atletico Madrid, and yeah. we spent hours and hours, and we're, and we're not talking the Atletico Madrid that, that they are now mm. we're talking what would
1: we have been about seventeen, eighteen? no no it was after well it was well after that so it was like Footy manager 2006 2007 really? It was that late yeah wow yeah. okay yeah it was realize. yeah it was um How, why so, did we
2: have so much free time
1: um uh, nah. we weren't married we weren't married we didn't have kids and we had yeah we had jobs that we, we, we didn't require us to think once we left said jobs um so yeah we, I, we and we both lived at home. um so what else are you gonna do Sit downstairs and what' the tell you with your mum and dad? No, no, I'm sit upstairs, phone each other up on the landlines and listen to each other breathe while we're yeah. making team decisions. Uh, yeah, I could have gone with Valencia because of that, but I, for a similar reason, I haven't. I've gone with Real Betis, okay, because of a champ man '97 '98 game save that I had. Save, where, you've got to say save, and it was. And, up, up, and then going, going forward, I, I don't know if it was around the time or just after that that they signed the Nielsen, they had Alfonso up front, yeah, I remember and that. um. He had Oli as well and I had I, I saw his signed Robbie Fowler on a, and the, Robbie Fowler and George Weir on a free transfer nice. lach. Like, Chilliver taking me free kicks and pens. Obviously. Obviously. Standard. Yeah, so Real better, betters. even though I've never gone back to that because a lot of my decisions on these things are based on how much the colours irritate me. Um, and it's some teams have got really hard to... That's why I've never liked Barcelona. At Barcelona, and I had a little spell as Bologna manager. Um, oh, no. Same back same in the day, reality. same colours, big yeah. same problem. Ridiculous.
2: D- ridiculous decision. Um, I think if I had to go no, obviously I'm not allowed to go Atletico, um, according to the question, I would go... Either Valencia because of the Rafa Benitez links and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and obviously like Pablo Amar was incredible. Mm-hmm. I loved watching him play, or Zaragoza because I've been to see them live. Um, having experienced that and experienced the city for the weekend, I, I kind of fell in love with that city. It's amazing, and going and watching David Silva, Gabriel Milito, and all those types of players was just it was just outstanding.
1: So, on a smaller scale, probably them. Sad. Okay. <laughs> Serie Now we were both answer Juventus to this question. Mm. Um, for similar chat Italia reasons for me. Straight to this. Um, but the other one that I would, I would go with. And It comes from playing pro evo's and, and what have you, and just the amount of boss players. In I've had it goes back to sensible soccer. This is AC Milan. Um, and a lot of this is a lot of these things as well as kits. I'm obsessed with football kits. So the teams that the best kids in AC Milan have always had. If they have, if their home kit is not an amazing, and it always is because it just always looks class. They've always got amazing away kits. Um, so AC Milan, am I, am I, Saria, Mine aren't anymore. in Serie anymore. Is it Castaldi Sangro? Yes, it is. I was going to pick Castaldi Sangro too. <laughs> is it Carlo Cudicini? Carlo
2: Cudicini, but um, it was a footy manager save or a championship manager save back yeah. in the day. I didn't take them to European glory, but I did take them to the Serie A title. Yeah. Uh, and this is a this is a, this is a club that I, they were they were in Serie a B at the time. Uh, it took them all the way. It took me a few years to get them up there. I Carlo Cudicini and nets, obviously. Um, they had a, like they had a stadium of like I think it's like seven and a half thousand. you know what I mean? And, and he won Serie out with me, and you know, I'm revered over there, uh, and rightfully so. And we've got a similar answer for Bundesliga, which is not asked, yeah, not asked, not asked about if, the no, Bundesliga. Is the difference? I would be like Dortmund, but I think it was I hated them at the time because I think I'm right in saying they beat Juve in the Champions League final in '96 2 1, and Karl-Heinz Riedler maybe scored in it, and then Riedler came over to us, and then I kind of got a soft spot for Dortmund back then. Um, but yeah, generally got, speaking,
1: I'm just not asked I've about got, that league. Like, and if you yeah, take out the two team, team yeah. teams at the top, is anyone really asked about that league? I think is that even. I'd like to say Hoffenheim because of you know just go spending some time. But like Hoffenheim's not a place. You know, we 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 had it to to Heidelberg, and Heidelberg was lovely. By the way, it was very, very, it was very, very nice, very picturesque. Um, but meh, eh, wh- whatever, man. Um, maybe here to Berlin, just because yeah. it'd be nice to be in Berlin. For more than twenty four hours, half of that being recovering from flying over drunk. Um, So yeah, I'm not Bundesliga doesn't. I've never been. I've never been asked about the Bundesliga at all. Liga, Monaco,
2: Monaco was my team in France. Um, I'm surprised that they weren't included in that. To be honest, only PSG was included in the not 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 to support list. Um, My dad's best mate moved out to. uh, very, very close to Monaco. It's like three kilometres away. You literally walk into Monaco, a place called Cap Dai, um 30 years ago or something. So we've we've holidayed in Monaco. I've probably been there ten times on holidays. Yeah. Um I've been to see them. I went to see them when Thierry Henry was playing the beat FC Sosho four one in the Stade Louis the Second stadium. Incredible stadium, one of the one of the strangest I've been to. Uh and yeah, I've, they've I've, they've always had a I've always had a soft spot for them because of that. It's actually not a team that I've ever played on footy Manager though or Champ Manager because the league's
1: shit. Yeah, uh, I've done a few a few a few Marseille for me because there's a couple of reasons to do it. In the nineties, it was like the Chris what the Chris Waddle and Pele thing. Not not that Pele. Um, Again, they've always got amazing kits because a lot they've been added ass for a long time as well, um, and also I love the 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 the, the Marseille attitude because it's very scouse in that regard. Like um, I think I think the expression is like "new sommes Marseille," yeah, Marseilles, uh, Marseilles. which is yeah, which is basically like, we're, we're like that's what we are. We're Marseille, uh, which I loved a bit. Joey Barton took a little bit of shine off that. Anyway, yeah, just to give you a quick rundown of what we're going to be discussing on the podcast. This week. Oh, by the way, if you want to get involved in any of this, leave comments below. If you're on the website, it's a good place to do it. There's the discuss uh, box underneath if you ignore the terrible adverts. They've uh, gone. They've gone. Yes! See, we're doing this for you to make it a smoother website experience. Um, go on there, leave your thoughts in the comments below there. Uh, topics. Yeah, we're going to chat a little bit about the Merseyside Derby because it's been totally overshadowed over the weekend and I feel it deserves a little bit more chat. We're going to run through news in brief. Uh, including the FA Cup draw, the last bit that I'm going to talk about, Phil Coutinho, uh, some interesting stories in regards to the Klopp and his future and um, Naby Keita as well. Then we're, um, we're going to talk about Manchester City because I think it's important, again, to stop worrying so much about transfers and think about the amazing football that Liverpool are playing right now. And then we're going to be taking some of your questions via Twitter, but let's get stuck into it. Chris, the Merseyside derby. Um w- I mean, I did, I, I did Social Club for Ball Street on Monday. I was so looking forward on Friday night to doing a show, largely taking the piss out of PED, uh, talking about the derby and how Liverpool, you know, obviously knocked them out of the FA Cup. Unfortunately, Liverpool sold Felipe Coutinho uh, and all the topic of conversation had to be geared around that. So let's talk Merseyside derby. It was great.
2: It was sensational. It was the manner in which we beat them, of course. I mean, mm. the fact that Virgil van Dijk on his debut comes in, huge transfer fee, the weight of every Liverpool fan on his shoulders and still manages to rise like a salmon out of fresh water for that header with all that weight on his shoulders yeah. and header in. He could have had a hat of headers. And this just shows you that Liverpool can be a different danger yeah. with him in the size, you know, Um yeah, I
1: mean, just the absolute perfect start for him and for us with him. It's mad because the, you saw what the pressure there. Absolutely. We've seen that happen with, with big signs before. And, and often I think you can get a you can get a feel for a player very early on. Now, I think it can be used, it it shouldn't be used exclusively because people can have good stats. El Hadjid, you've started very well as another poor player. And we all know how that went. The spitting asshole. Um But I think of like Fernando Torres and I think of Luis Suarez and obviously different, totally different types of player, of course, the Virgil van Dijk. But it it does it won't relieve entirely the pressure because it's about him being good week in, week out. And every mistake he makes will be over-scrutinised because it's Liverpool's defence and it's a lot of money that they've spent. But
2: it shows you that he can handle pressure and that's yeah. what you're looking for from yeah. a centre-back, isn't and it? And
1: also, the most important thing is that Liverpool fans get on board with it. Because yeah. you know it, it's far easier to resist negativity in the, in the mainstream media when you've got ammunition yourself when you can see with your own two eyes what you've got and what you've bought and for me I just thought he was I thought he was excellent and um, as you say to be able to step into that game when by all accounts he, he wasn't even meant to be playing in it to step in out the cold play a game when I, you know there's a lot of chat. I wouldn't have been shocked not to see him until not even the City game. You know, he could have, it could have conceivably been a couple of weeks. Get him up to speed and do whatever. Well, no, he's come in there. He's, he's surpassed expectations. He's won as a football match. He's guided us through to the next round. He's not the blue shite out of the FA Cup. Um, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna start to justify a seventy-five million pound price tag, that's as good a first step as you can possibly. Yeah, take you can't do to. any better, really, can you?
2: No, You just can't. Um, the the guy clearly. Uh, Liverpool fans know Southampton fans know Celtic fans know he has got something about him mm. and to be able to come into that cauldron of noise as well and that atmosphere and that type of derby as well because yeah. that's a derby that was played with uh, blood and thunder yeah. you know we've not seen one like that for a couple of years to be honest with you and he stepped up for that I mean you know Emre Chan set the tempo of that game with a sliding tackle very very early on really let the game get to his head this is an experienced fella who's been at Everton who's now scored a derby goal yeah. finally after all these years uh, scored against Liverpool and yet still Virgil van Dijk was the coolest head on the pitch Yeah, yeah absolutely. in
1: the 84th minute the atmosphere you mentioned there I thought was outstanding as well uh, well then Tom um, Tom's just literally taken out half the studio you got an apology. It's like a fucking jungle, <laughs> <laughs> It is a soft. It's, it's a soft play, except without the soft. It's like it would be uh, a more just a danger. It's basically how Arnold Schwarzenegger sets up uh, to capture and kill the predator. To um, to be
2: fair to us, Paul, Tom has been saying he's going to tape these wires down for two and a half years now. Yeah, and it is hasn't. entirely
1: Tom's job to make this this studio work. And so he's made a rough for his own back there. Now he's saying it's fine. And feet, um, yeah. The the atmosphere uh, was was absolutely terrific. It was funny. My dad mentioned it as well. I obviously sat in the um, upper centre upper Kenny Dalglish. Sorry. Um, and it was it was it was fantastic. You said the cold and the noise thing. It, that the first half in particular was the most derby like it's been. I think you know. I think Sam Allardyce made his team contribute to that. And I think to some extent it kind of. They kind of tried to drag us down, mm. and we did. But we got down in the mud with them, pummeled them in the face a few times, and then got up and, and got and kind of got about our business. And look, they, the goal they scored was a, was a good counter attack goal. goal. Or, or, or credit to them for that. <laughs> it's easy, easy, far easier to say now, of course. Um, but yeah, you know, I just thought everything about that made it a special occasion. You know, it was it was extra sweet if we just gone on and won that two 0 it would have been fine, but it would have been very much uh, just another derby win. The fact that we had that little bit of needle bit from the draw uh, in the league to them have them equalise and have them just throwing crutches left, right, and centre, and, and then and then and to, then to just to crush their hopes and dreams again, Chris. It was so sweet. I
2: know, because that's the thing, isn't it? You always want to give Everton fans a little bit of hope and then you just want to take it away and stamp on the face. And that's what Virgil van Dijk <laughs> did, metaphorically. Um, that's exactly how a derby should be. That's how you want to win a derby. You yeah. want to win every game late on. You know, it just makes for a better ride, really, yeah. doesn't it? Um, but it's not only that. I, I, You know, I've talked about it a few times over the last couple of weeks, is that it's the manner in which Liverpool can win games now. You know, we've come from behind. Uh, against, was it Leicester or was it Burnley? I, I can't remember now. But there's three different types of two, one victory on the bounce there, and that's what matters, and that's shown that we can blow teams away 7-0, yeah. but you really learn more about the sides and you learn more about the characters in the side yeah. by seeing them go through adversity and getting a, get, feeling like they're going to go, oh, shit, it's the same as a month ago, and them to go, hang on, it's up to us to make sure that it's not. Yeah. Where's Big Verge? Yeah. There he is, Sound And is the it- fact that, like... Think of those deliveries from Alex chamberlain All game. Yeah. So dangerous. I was joking before, half joking, when I said Virgil and I could have had that tick. He could have. Yeah. He had at least two headers in the box, one of which he scored from, and one b- bounced down for his feet, and he nearly scored from that as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. Um, really, really good. Really, really, really positive. And yeah, that's... Uh, a trick that we're gonna to have to learn. Now we could do with it not. We could do with it not being quite as dramatic. You know, you don't want to have the Burnley one. You don't only really get so many of them, don't you? And similarly, to some extent, the Everton one as well. Although we did have time to go on and win, to go on and win that game. You don't want to be. You don't need. You don't want to have to rely on last gas stuff. But it's an excellent string to your bow. Hey,
2: there was um, ten minutes left. Exactly what? It was eighty four, and there was four minutes of the time. Burnley. No, no, no. Against Everton. It oh, was yeah. ten minutes left. We were, you know, we didn't keep it that late. Yeah, yeah, Um we wanted to keep it late.
1: No, no, exactly. Late enough that it hurt them. True. But not too late to not give us enough time to get a goal. Absolutely. Um but the point is I think that Liverpool needs to, you know, we we've said this the, the, the one 0 win needs to be something that we start adding to our bow because we're gonna we're gonna need that at some point this season. Um and it's still not you know, it's still not forthcoming as much as we'd like. Still Palace. Yeah, interesting in terms of the... Um, I, you know, I mention it a lot because I'm, I'm slowly but surely working my way through the mixer book, but talking about Leicester's win and how they started off as a bit of a sloppy gung-ho side and then found that groove of how, to, of how to keep it tight and how to win games by, by a single goal. And hopefully that'll come. We don't, we don't necessarily need that right now. Um, but, you know, we'll come on to the news and stuff, but, the, you know, in the absence of Coutinho... If we've got slightly less sparkle to rely on up front, then the timing of Van Dijk thing could actually be fortuitous because if we can get a bit more solid at the back, if we're going to have a really good end to the season, then that's very good. But not to take any credit away from those two ones because given the the turnaround between those games and, and that was the, the back end, that, was the, that that derby was the last of those. It's going to be mad. We've now got a month of breathing room between fixtures time to plan time to assess time to you know to recuperate and, and what have you so to be able to get over the line and them absolutely amazing um, news in brief time then uh, you did a live show on this uh, last night Chris West mm. Brom at home in the FA Cup fourth round good draw that for us I think I think so
2: too yeah I'm happy with that one I mean listen it's just another another crap team at home in the FA Cup it's the second one on the bounce this season Another team that frustrated us massively as well, with maybe a little bit of a point. To, we've got a little bit of a point to yeah, prove. Here. West Brom Padu now, isn't it? Um, so a different West Brom to what we faced. Not Padu, who's West? Same last time
1: place plays of West of I
2: West I know he was the manager last time, but a different West Brom to what we've seen over the last few years. Okay. Yeah. Because Pulis was obviously there for so long. Now, giving him that little bit more time to put a stamp on his side will mean it's not that West Brom that's frustrated us so often. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think, you know, it's a good draw for us. Um, they're struggling at the at the moment and they've struggled all season long. They've not
1: had that bounce effect from having him in at all. That's because yeah. they've got a shit manager. He's terrible. Like um, He's one of them. I, I think he gets... He gets the reputation of being like an Weiss and a Moyes and a Hudson mm-hmm. because he's British. Um, he's not. He's very much. He's very much not. I think. And I think he has a go at it. But I don't think. I just don't know. How would you define an Alan Pardew side? Couldn't, couldn't. Meh. <laughs> yeah. Noises, um, but I think that I think the the, the good thing is to, to some extent is that we'll have a again there'll be a little bit of breathing space. I know we've got Huddersfield on the Tuesday after it. Obviously, a time of a time of recording, we don't know what day that game's going to be played on the the FA Cup game, but he'll go he'll come and do exactly the same thing. He'll come and because he thinks he'll think that's an effective way of doing things. And as you say, we've managed to cope against Everton doing it. We've managed to cope against a, a compact Burnley side and to some extent Leicester as well when we've been on the bare bones of our arse, knackered. Um, hopefully, we should be able to to put them away. And the good thing about it, Chris, is that I think it's another situation where, we, because it's a Premier League side, we'll have to take it quite seriously rather than, like the Everton game, it's, it's not a game where I think we'll go and put a, a bunch of kids out. I think it encourages you to To put a, a, a stronger team. Yeah, as it
2: absolutely does, and. I think Klopp will be using this, because it's at the end of January, I think Klopp will be using this to get back into that rhythm of his Champions League, Premier League side. You know, because it's a couple of weeks before the Porto game, isn't it? Um, We're pretty much playing one game a week between now and then. So it's that first time where he gets to be able to maybe rotate that side a little bit and start thinking about what he's going to be doing at Porto. And that way you can, you know, with the one game a week between now and then, and between now and the West Brom game, you'd imagine it's going to be a fairly, maybe... Eight or nine players the same each week. So you're only having that rotating of two players or maybe three, whereas it's been four, five and six at times, even yeah. more. Yeah. Um so yeah. it'll it will be a strong side against West Brom, as you mentioned. The Premier League the fact that they're a Premier League side, the fact that Klopp fucking won't like West Brom because they've taken points off him over yeah. the over his tenure. Yeah, he seems to go out and he he seems to look
1: for vengeance against these
2: sides and, and I
1: like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Coutinho sent a statement after his transfer whatever. Um, Klopp cost Barcelona money on the Dembele deal. Love this. Yeah, what I frick. really like this. That's brilliant. Yeah, the, so if you haven't seen this, I covered this on the new show on YouTube, but it, it's worth, it's worth going over again because uh, effectively he, well it looks a bit, according to Raf Honigstein, he basically ran Dortmund up and went, look, Barcelona looking to spend money on Coutinho, we're not going to be selling Coutinho, they've got loads of money, so hold out for loads of money on Dembele, and they've gone, sounds okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Great, love that, love that, love that daily. It's Jegan through
2: and through, that isn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, he clearly has just not been impressed, and uh, with the lack of respect that Barcelona have shown him and his football side, and Phil Coutinho, and every Liverpool fan, and he's just getting a little bit of. They're getting a little bit of comeuppance off the back of it. It's like you're
1: a dead fish under your girlfriend's ex-girlfriend's mattress. This kind it's of too like that.
2: easy. That to put it behind the radiator. They never think of that, and it gets <laughs> up and dried out and smells. <laughs>
1: Um, Christian Pearslow, everyone's favourite Bellend um, or one of them uh, thinks we'll lose Klopp to United City or Chelsea unless we spend big now look at its crux I don't I don't totally disagree um with the sentiments of what he's trying to say and I just disagree with the timing and the fact that it's Christian Pearslow. Um what I think he's trying to he's trying to drive at is that he, what well, he's saying the big clubs are shopping at Harrods and if Liverpool Liverpool will effectively need to match Klopp's ambitions, um, if they wanna keep him on side, because if you keep selling Big, your best players for big money and then not being able to replace them effectively, that's a problem. I think this is predicated around a conceit that Jürgen Klopp is having players sold from under, you know, underneath him or behind his back, which I'm not sure is necessarily the case.
2: Yeah, I think that, that's the difficulty. Christian obviously hasn't been at the club since 2011, I think.
0: Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
2: I think it was that he left. Um, he doesn't know how it works nowadays. You know, he was there in the early days of the sale from. Obviously, Hickson-Gillette over to FSG, wasn't he? And then he was kept on, I think, I remember, um, in a special position. I can't remember the exact title, but it was not like a. It was maybe a consultancy position for a year or something. So, he, I don't think he knows the ins and outs of the football club. He's obviously been to Chelsea, I think, since then anyway. Um, I don't know why he's talking about it. I don't know who interviewed him on it, but uh, City, I can't imagine them going for Klopp at the moment. United probably would. But there's the thing, Perso might be a numbers man, you know, he's a businessman at heart. He clearly doesn't know people mm. because I think any Liverpool fan'd know the Klopp doesn't fancy that man United job, even if it was offered for him. Yeah. Um, and it, so and he, the Chelsea it, thing's not him either. Yeah, it's So you might know your business and you might know your numbers, but you don't know fucking people. Yeah. And Jürgen Klopp's a fucking people person and he believes in projects and stuff and yeah. United and Chelsea
1: aren't that. Well the United thing's interesting because just to bring uh Raf stand up again, he talks about it in his Klopp book, doesn't he, and how Klopp liked the idea of Man United <clears throat> until he was given the pitch on Man United and realised that it wasn't his. It wasn't his bag. It wasn't his cup of tea. Now that's not to say that wouldn't change, but I can He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would go and work for my, particularly for, a, for my, a, a Liverpool rival if he were to leave Liverpool. Um, but well obviously. Have I to don't see, think but, he, I don't think he'll manage in England again after Liverpool. Mm, I think the point the point about this is that, that's right though is that. And I and we have we kind of have to trust that this is right. Is that as long as he's getting the players that he wants, and he's happy to either happy that we're getting the players that he wants, or he's happy to wait until we get the play do, do get the players that he wants, then it's all sound. If we get to a situation where that's not the case, and I actually think part of the sale is behind this because you know I think being between the lines, I think he'd have sold Coutinho in the summer yeah. if it was down to him. The only thing I saw a mention of this on Twitter, actually. The only thing that kind of where this comes across it, and it's not necessarily a positive thing to say, but this notion that Klopp wanted rid because he was, you know, he was going to damage team harmony and all that kind of stuff is kind of undone by the idea that Liverpool wanted to get him back on loan for the rest of the season. Um, no, I don't. I disagree actually, because I think.
2: One of the reasons that Coutinho wanted to move and, and and wanted to move so desperately is because he wasn't sure whether in six months' time the move would happen, and I think he he thought that there was a really small window of him moving to Barcelona because he might you know he might go on and get injured and Barcelona might not pay for him. Yeah. But whether, if he's already a Barcelona player, that is out the out the yeah. door almost, and he can focus fully on Liverpool. Um, you know. It's rumored that Phil Coutinho started speaking to his teammates, isn't it about about the move and the fact that he wanted them to go. And Klopp, as I've mentioned, very much a people's person, isn't he? You know, um, he'd want to make sure that Coutinho gets what he wants, mm-hmm. and he probably disregard the "I'm the manager of Liverpool" thing because I think he is that type of a person. You yeah. know, he, he believes in in people and and their happiness and stuff. So as long as Coutinho got his move, definitely, and then he's convinced Klopp that he can work towards Liverpool's dream this season. I think Klopp would have bought into that because he'd believe what Phil Coutinho was telling him.
1: Okay, cool. Um just lastly then on the news, the apparently I want to bring Nabi Kater in earlier. Um we're not going to talk about this on here. You've done a podcast with Chris Williams.
2: Yeah, it was brilliant actually, you know, twenty minutes uh, on the website redmen dot um, the redmen Will- TV dot yeah, com sorry Chris Williams talking about the Kiter deal, talking about Chris Bascom's uh views on it as well and and Chris Williams if you don't know is a Bundesliga Expert, he has links in Leipzig, so he made phone calls this weekend, in fact, um, to Leipzig and and found out from people there what what they thought of the transfer and stuff. So, uh, really
1: interesting. Definitely go and check that one out. Yeah, absolutely. And as ever, if you want to get more, we do an incredible array of podcast and video content on theredmentv.com. Free month trial, go and check it out. You're talking around twelve hours of video content exclusive a month, around, you know, well, actually sorry, not around twelve yeah, around yeah. That's- it's twenty hours of content every single month. Yeah, there you go. Spot on. Um so if you want more of this kind of stuff and better There's no better place to go than that. And we've got Chris Bascom
2: lined up for next week's uh, special podcast as well.
1: Amazing. So all your transfer news, ins and outs, perfect place to go. Uh, And the Reds transfer roundup show will be out on Tuesday evening as well, where we discuss all of this kind of stuff in greater depth and detail. Okay. Topic time, Chris. Um, I mean, ultimately, we've started it by talking about the derby. Let's continue it by talking about Man City, because in all this hurrah and foray around little Brazilian rats moving to Catalan (laughs) Um, we're forgetting that Liverpool have been in good form we've got some really good players we've got a really good manager and we've got a massive game of football against Man City yeah we have man, and, and these like what was it
2: nine days seem to be ticking by pretty quickly at the moment mm-hmm. you know Manchester City the focus for some reason is still on the last weekend and I can understand why when really listen the squad are back from Dubai now they're back at, at Melwood today I believe mm-hmm. um, and they'll be focused on Manchester City so a huge game and, and one that You know, I was at the Manchester City away game. uh, I've got (laughs) terrible, terrible memories of it. In fact, it's the worst away that I've ever been to. Um, Is it worse than the... the, Bar the Cup final, Bar the
1: League Cup final,
2: (laughs) And obviously Basel. Because they hurt in a different way. Um, This side, just like me, will want to be getting retribution for that because that was an embarrassing result.
1: Um, And
2: I think that, you know, personally, I think that this is the game for Sadio Mane to turn it back on in.
1: Yeah, I think if there's ever a chance to kind of redress the balance, because I I believe there's a real sliding doors moment in the Premier League that happens with Sadio Mane kicking Edison um, in the head, <laughs> which was so funny and amazing and terrible all at the same time. Because uh, you know, I think all most Liverpool fans, and I think a lot of neutral observers would contend that we were well in that game, despite the fact you know, despite the fact that we you know we, we still had that soft underbelly, which you know have we gotten rid of yet? I don't. I think we'll have to see. Um, we looked capable of scoring goals and, and of causing Man City problems in that game. And the second you go down to ten men, our heads went completely. We got, I think, we got the substitutions and the tactical decisions wrong, and it just felt a bit. And by the end of and, that game, it was done. And, and Manchester City are a fucking great side. Yeah, yeah, better than we thought then. Exactly. And but they I, they exposed our ten men. And I think there's um, there's a real case though that. <sighs> you look at what's happened to Man City since I think that game gave, gave them such massive yeah. impetus to be able to because we're a team that's caused them so many problems in the, in the last couple of years and I think to to go and be so comprehensive in the victory I think it just puffed their chest up it gave them another inch of height and they've been able to stride forward in the season from them so there's definitely a balance to redress here yeah. um, I'll go back through that door then yeah, absolutely. Kick the shit out of them. Fucking beat them up and win four one. Chuck Kenneth Palso on Sounds. the tracks, whatever. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, I um, the thing I really like in the build up to this because we, we talked a little bit about how you know we've come to the end of this real slog. Look, it's daft and you no, know, not looking for sympathy because there should be none. But you know we felt it too. I think the fans have felt it. and We felt it doing what doing what we do. There's a real it, 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 for us. It's been it's just been the constant cycle of preview, match, review, preview, match, review, and they're doing it in in a far more physical sense than we'll ever do it. I like the fact that they got to the end of the, the Everton game and they went away and did the Dubai warm weather training yeah, camp we, we missed the trick Matt. you know why because fucking Phil Coutinho signed for Barcelona fucking... and we had to talk about it whereas okay, Liverpool okay. just got to get off play a soul whatever let's go and chill let's go and chill with Danny Ings and Mo Salah in our shorts and bare chests by the pool I could have done that I'd have been happy to do that Chris more than happy I'd to have do been, that I'd have been covering my chest up like
2: but you know I don't no, want anyone been, to see me I've been on that. Yeah, but um, Paul, I don't want anyone to see me just two dead long nipple <laughs>
1: i'd have encouraged the shave for that instant but you know know what tie them together and run free um you know you're in dubai mate enjoy it i don't know i'm not sure how i feel about nipples being tied together and you're also assuming that they're from the different nipples i was (laughs) straight out as well funnily enough um from the right oh wow we still, still be tying them together. It, makes uh, it easier. doesn't look as good though. You better from to the plait nipple, nipple, do
2: them if they're closer together. That's true. Sure, actually, I've never thought of plaiting single hairs. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I can fucking barely. But do. you think to
1: bring up the fact that you've got two <laughs> nipple hairs on the middle of the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I, I I like that because I think again with some of this slog, I think everyone just needed to take a just take a break from it take a deep breath, reassess do a little bit of team bonding, particularly with, I think with the Coutinho stuff, uh, abandoned as well, it, it's good to get everyone back on side, to reaffirm the, the bonds between people, and be like, fuck him, this is us, this is us, we're here, let's get together, let's have a, let's have a high dive contest, or whatever, let's have some,
2: let's some, all plaque, kisses,
1: nipple nipples, <laughs> let's, have a, let's have some virgin mojitos, uh, and, you know, and, 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 and enjoy ourselves, and then get back into training, and get prepared for Man City, um, because, I contend, again, that there's a massive chance for us to define how the rest of our season's going to go. We lay a real marker down with this game, Chris, because, look, it's at Anfield, great. Um we can put to rest the demons of that of that last game. The few there's a lot of questions still hanging over about how Liverpool performing against the top teams this season. Mm-hmm. Man City and Spurs being the big outliers in our campaign just as much as Maribor and Spartak are the other way. I want to be the first team to beat Manchester yes. City.
2: That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be the first domestic team to beat Manchester City, and I want to beat them hard. And I want them, I want them to play the way that they've played all season long. I want Mo Salah to be fit. He's fighting that battle right now. Yeah. He'll be in the side if he's anywhere near close to full fitness. I'm and we'll hit them on the counter-attack and we'll expose them and we'll show the league that we're the second best side in this league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the thing. In some regards, it's more important, it'd be more important to get this win now. Now here's the thing. If we've beaten them then, who knows? We could be looking at a league campaign where Liverpool just barrel on from there and we could be the team that, that the team is absolutely fine. It's irrelevant thinking like that now. This is a chance for us to send the message to the, to the league. It's a chance to send the message to Man City that we are, we're not in a fight with Spurs and Arsenal for fourth. Let Spurs, Arsenal, and one of you know. Well, in fact, you know what? Close the door on top four. Let them battle it out between themselves of who's finishing above each other. Good, good on your North London rivals. Um, and we're we're the ones in a, in a strong fight for yeah. Look, second, but also look, we're never going to win the league. It's done. It, it is very much done and dusted. But I want Man City to be. I don't want Man City to have an easy ride of it. I want them to start to sweat a little bit. And start to think. Well, hang on, we have to have to take. We have to we have to think a little bit more about what we do. I want in their heads whether it means that they, their league campaign collapses. Not even so much that, so much as their players to think, oh, we're not invincible. We we can be at I want us to lay down the template for how you hate Manchester City, so that other teams do. Because I, you know what, I don't mind Man City of the three teams above us in the Premier League. I prefer them more than any of the other than than, than the other two, by far. But equally, fuck them. I don't want them running away. I don't want another team dominating the the English football. I don't want another team to get a European Cup. I don't want another team... I don't want... uh, uh, the, uh, the Invincibles record can be what it is let Arsenal, let Arsenal have that because it's irrelevant that they've got it I would
2: kind of like them to shut up a bit about that though no
1: but <laughs> it's, it's just, all it's going to become is them talking it's it's their thing isn't it it's their thing that gets further and further away with every year that they've done it let them have it great to give it to another team just cements Man City as just being this super dominant force I want us to I just want us to nip that in the bud and then all of a sudden all the hard work it just takes the shine off them being so far ahead in the league because it's a record that it's gone it doesn't matter but it's a psychological victory Um, and again just for us as well I think to tell our fans to tell our players that you know we absolutely deserve to be right up at the top of the league. That we that so for us to look at that second place in the league for us to start sniffing around Man United and Chelsea going when you're dropping points, boys. How are you doing? Are How are you getting on in this game? Exactly, exactly. But keep it on, bang on them. Just be fucking banging on their door all day and night, going. Are you gonna drop points? Are you gonna drop points. Are you gonna drop points. Are you drop points? Are you, drop, points? Are you drop points. Great, good one. Thanks very much for the points. Move on to the next guy. Keep on, keep on pecking at the Reds until they crumble as well, just like we did in 13-14. I can't wait. I can't either. Yeah. Um I think you're right on what you say about Sadio Mane, though, Chris. Look, he's going to have to play more football between now and the end of the season. You know, that that might that might suit him. It might do. Um
2: Listen, I think he'll be looking at that Manchester City game from from earlier in the season. and He'll be thinking of that as a sliding door thing about where his season was going. Yeah. Um, he's not hit the heights of, of pre- that Manchester City game. And, you know, the Phil Coutinho leaving thing might actually spare him on to be become better. You know, I, f- I felt last season he was incredible and inspiring because he was the focal point of that team. He's not been the focal point of the team this season. It has been very much Mo Salah and at times Phil Coutinho. He'll feel like he's one of the main guys in that squad. And he'll feel like he has to step up and start proving it again because Liverpool need him right now mm-hmm. more than ever, you know. And also for the fan base, if he steps up and has a great game here, people shut up about Phil Coutinho, yeah. and that's what people need to do now because yeah. it's done, it's dusted, it's over.
1: Yeah, I want to see Sadio Mane get on the score sheet, and I want another big Virgil header. And I just want I want Man City tears.
2: I'd, I'd take um, a Mane goal and a clean sheet over a Virgil header.
1: Yeah, take
2: that, that that first clean sheet with him in the back four, yeah. I think, could do us more than Virgil scoring a goal. Virgil free kick.
1: Um, oh well, yeah, I'll take that too. Absolutely. Uh, more build-up talk, of course, on the uncensored match build-up show uh, this week. Gonna be going out. Uh, later on so stay tuned for that on the YouTube channel and of course you can get the audio version for free um, on Acast as well so do get involved with all of that. Some questions from Twitter Chris before we head off. Triple BSS. Without any injuries what do you believe Liverpool's strongest possible eleven is? He says bonus strongest bench will come to that. In okay. Because um, we did this a couple of weeks ago didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Coutinho unfortunately
2: Bang, bang in there, wasn't he? Um, okay, so right now, um, goalkeeper loris uh Great. right back. I'm gonna go Joe
1: Gomez over Nathaniel Klein. I think I did that a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, I let's think put, let's yeah. Well, I I mean I put Klein in because I thought it, 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 I did it in terms of full squad. Let's let's focus on if everyone who's likely to be. I I'm, I'm including
2: Gomez over Klein regardless. Okay. That's my point. Um, then it's Virgil van Dijk and probably Joel Matip. Mm-hmm. Um, although, on form, I'd say it's Ragnar Clavin. But anyway, I am gonna I want that partnership to work. I'm going to go left-back Alberto Moreno, although Robertson's pushed him close now. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was a question to be had there, yeah. and there very, very much is now. Uh, Robertson, last week, put the best performance of any left-back performance in this season, and that shouldn't be discounted. Um, it's Emery Chan. It's Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's Adam Lallana in a four-three-three, 3 3 and it's Mo
1: Salah, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane
2: as the front three for
1: me. Yeah, the only change I'd maybe make to that is I'd put Gini Wijnaldum in instead of either Ox or Lallana at the minute, Fair it's enough. instead of Lallana, Um because I still, we still don't quite know what we've got in him at the moment. You know, I, I, We know he's the perfect fit for it, but I, I, I think Oxley-Chamberlain's done enough to, to, to warrant his inclusion. And the bench thing, this is just the only issue where it gets a little bit trickier. I mean... Does Daniel Sturridge make the still make the bench?
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Because if he's fit, he does. He's better than Dom Solanke, and I think he's proved that this season mm-hmm. with his goals and assists. Uh, I don't think Dom Solanke's got any of them, although he hasn't had the chances, has he? Um, I think James Milner's got to be on that bench, and yeah. you know, um, I also think Trent Alexander Arnold probably has to be. Andrew Robertson probably has to be. But is this a well-rounded bench? It doesn't sound like it so far.
1: Yeah, you're looking at Henderson would be on that bench. Therefore,
2: Ragnar, you need a centre back on there. You know, I'd sacrifice probably Andy Robertson for maybe a trent alexander arnold Yeah. And then you've got the... You
1: can move Joe Gomez over to left-back if needs be. Yeah. If you can take an injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, which is what we've tended to do in the league as well, isn't it? So you're looking at, what, Solanke, Sturridge, Henderson, Milner, Trent, Clavan.
2: I personally in have Lionel. I mean, you'd have Lalana in there, wouldn't yeah. you? Um, and I'm not sure about the Dom Solanke. If I'm honest, I think, you know, if you've got seven substitutes, I'm not sure, I'm not sure.
1: I'm not sure there's anyone else. I th- Danny you know, I'd Ings. be
2: tempted, Danny Ings, but I'd be tempted to throw Woodburn on there just because I think you're getting a little bit of something that you haven't got on that bench. And if it was because me, th- you
1: wouldn't have a winger there, would you? If it was me, I'd I'd take Sturridge out, I'd have Solanke over Sturridge and I, I maybe maybe consider a Woodburn instead of an Ings just to give you know, give yourself an option from that left-hand side if needs be. But it's tricky and that's, that's, I think, where it does scream to me bodies needed bodies. one more good quality attacking player needed in this squad just to keep up with what we've got going uh, James underscore A underscore Chapman hypothetically where in the Premier League table would the current England team be do you think England's finest could hold their own in such a competitive league fighting for relegation top six I'd love to hear your thoughts now I have got Paul, no idea what, the England, what the England team is so I'm going to desperately try and find England's team um, I my feeling is by and large that I think that, that team, it, look, it's it's given that extra sparkle because it's got Harry Kane up front. Yeah. So, but it, I think, I think the England team would finish about, would be in the battle for f- fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh, if I'm perfectly honest, because I don't think that it's got, I you look at the top teams <laughs> in the, front, it's a terrible squad. <laughs> yeah. You look at the top teams in the, um, the top teams in the league. Yeah. and, they don't rely on English partnerships in things, mm-hmm. so there's no you look at Spurs. You've got the the Belgian centre back partnership. Yeah, they have got if it let's it decide on who's the goalkeeper. You're either looking at a relegation fodder of Joe Hart, or you're looking at the world's smallest man uh who is uh, taking that reign from Georgie Georgie Campos in Everton's little little weirdo. What's his name? Pickford. Pickford. Um, you've got him in goal. Who's fine? The world's
2: smallest man. You lost me there. Is it's he's just, small. He's just tiny. Isn't he? He's Is a teeny
1: he? tiny little goalkeeper. Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, teeny tiny little, teeny tiny little man. Well, I've got, kicking the, ball I've as the, got the
2: line-up for their last competitive game because okay. I think that's a good one to start with. Jack Butland was in goal. Yeah, I and mean, Michael okay. Keane, John Stones, Harry Maguire. Listen, three decent centre halves one very good centre-half in Harry Maguire and two decent ones. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Um, Quite A- Aaron Cresswell, Harry Winks, Jordan Henderson, Kieran Tepier. Yeah. Well, Henderson's not on our bench what was that? Uh, what was, the game? Our what was this game for? Oh, this actually? was Lithuania. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rashford, Delhi Alley, and Harry Kane. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. I think fourth to seventh. And, and to be honest, I don't really want to talk about it. They're pretty shit and I don't like them.
1: Yeah. Um, That's to say, I think they. I, but thanks for your question, James. Yeah, good enough, good enough to compete in a, in, a, in a cup competition, I think. But in terms of the league. Unless they draw Nottingham Forest. Uh anyway, there we go. We're up the podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. If you're on the website and you're watching, thank you very much for watching. Um hope you've enjoyed. <laughs> Um, if you do want to get more great podcast content then you can do including the podcast aforementioned with Mr Chris Williams uh, talking about Naby Keita and the potential of him coming in in best January best
2: podcast on the old website actually yesterday, yesterday anyway
1: yeah for yesterday um, go to the TV.com, sign up I cannot encourage you to do this more and more than I do but I will try nevertheless it makes the free stuff possible so if you want to support the Men TV then go to the sign up get your free month and then stick with it because it's amazing five pound the month thereafter. Thank you very much for listening. Five star reviews, if you've got them in you, do them and walk on.